Good morning, people of God. It's rather late today, but the timing is right because this is the timing God is sending his message. I pray that as you receive this message, wherever you are or whichever day you, you, you get it, that it will meet you in perfect peace as you keep your mind stayed on him. Today being Friday, September 25th, 2020 the day is going very quickly friday the 25th of september 2020 the time is 11 11. blessed be the name of the lord do you figure that out the time 11 11 a.m lord you're so awesome we thank you for the birthing we thank you that the waters have already break for there's a breaking in the spirit thank god for the portals that are open and um he's saying to ask and it shall be given seek and you shall find knock and the door certainly will be open there are times and season i told you two days ago there's a shift walk in the shift blessed be the name of the lord i'm excited this morning why am i so excited i'm excited because i still have a voice i could breathe no one is pushing me in a wheelchair my mind is is clear and i have jesus thank you jesus so i'm excited i'm excited i'm excited of what god is going to do and so this morning I will sing the prophetic songs as he gives me and then I will give you those, the, the prophetic scriptures and the scriptures um, this morning is from Matthew chapter 5 verse 33 which we're going to speak about oats making oats and I'm not talking about the oats which you eat I'm talking about and you swear or you 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 make a vow however and and don't keep it right and uh also from Matthew chapter 5 verse 38 to 42 um, we're going to speak about retaliation and Matthew chapter 5 verse 43 to 48 we're speaking about enemies are we are to love our enemies and so only you are holy only you are wonderful there is no one else like you who is faithful ever true all my life my heart my life is a testimony only you are holy only you are wonderful there is no one else like you who is faithful ever true all my love my heart my life is a testimony and when i was singing 
somehow the other, I paused for a moment because I saw the writer of this song, Donnie McClurkin. And I want all of you to remember Donnie McClurkin in your prayer. Right? Because sometimes we forget men and women of God who are in the ministry. We don't remember to pray for them because we think they have it all. No, they didn't have they don't have it all. If you'd seen if you if you had seen Apostle Shirley yesterday, you'd be like, she really need prayers, right? I need the prayers of those I love while traveling each and every day that I may true and faithful be and live for Jesus every day. I want my friends to pray for me, to bear my tempted soul above, and intercede to God for me. I need the prayers of those I love. And let me tell you something. Continue to love people, even your enemies. Love everybody. Ask God to let that love in you grow into its fullness. Because yesterday when I went through, I was able to pick up the phone and call three different people. Three different people. Three persons. And they were able to help me. <laughs> the Lord is our helper. But he would tell you who to call. He's there with you all the time. Draw on the Holy Spirit. Ask him. And so at the end of the day, I said, oh, man, something great is about to happen to me. And I'm not talking about the great. They talking about America. I said, there's a breaking. There's a breaking forth. Because when you're pregnant, it's time for the baby to come forth. So there is a breaking of the waters. There is going to be. Well, there was light in Goshen and there was darkness in Egypt. So I look at Goshen as the people of God who are serving him, the light. And God is about to illuminate our light, our dark understandings to the point where, oh man, it's going to be joy. He wants to give us joy, unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. And as I'm saying it, I am saying it, I'm speaking it in the atmosphere. He's going to stir up the gifts inside of us that we didn't even know that was there for his glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so I have another song. Oh, I'm excited. I am excited. Could you imagine you in a prayer room? It's just you and Jesus and the angels and the Holy Spirit and God. You're all in the prayer room. But yet, I feel like I'm in a huge baseball field, a huge auditorium with millions of people that I'm speaking to right now. And I'm not alone because all of you are with me. I can almost touch you. I can feel you. I love you. And so the next song that I have is 
The name of Jesus is so sweet. I love its music to repeat. It makes my joys full and complete. The precious name of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, how sweet the name. Jesus. Every day the same. Jesus, let all saints proclaim its worthy praise forever. I love the name of him whose heart knows all my griefs and bears a part. Who bids all anxious fares depart. I love the name of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, how sweet the name. Jesus. Every day the same. Jesus, let all saints proclaim its worthy praise forever. That name I fondly love to hear, it never fails. My heart to cheer, its music dries the falling tear, exalts the name of Jesus, Jesus, oh how sweet the name, Jesus. Every day the same. Jesus, let all saints proclaim its worthy praise forever. No word of man can ever tell. How sweet the name I love so well. Oh, let its praises ever swell. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, how sweet the name. Jesus. Every day the same. Jesus, let all saints proclaim its worthy praise forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
Yes, I'm excited. Love people, care for people. You never know those seeds you sown is the fruit and the trees, all of that. The care and the love is going to come back to you. I want to share this story before I go into the scriptures. I got a phone call yesterday from this young man. And um, I hadn't spoken to him in two years. But this is a young man that several years ago I went to a youth camp ministering to the youth and um the thing about it is that it was such a great time ministering to the youth and a lot of those youth i didn't know that was drawing on the love of god inside of me and they they began to say you feel like the mother that we didn't have but at the end of it all i came back and there was this one particular one all of them I gave my number, but this particular one, he called me. And I think about three weeks later, and he says, oh, Miss Evans, do you think you could take me to McDonald's to get a hamburger? And, and I said, yeah, well, where do you live? And I found him, took him to McDonald's, and he got his whatever he wanted. I paid for it, and he enjoyed that day that I spent with him. Now, years later, I didn't know this was from 2004. I didn't even remember that. He calls yesterday and he said, Miss Evans, you know, 16 years ago when I met you at the youth camp, you pour so much love into us, I never forget that. And he's on the phone and, and, and he's on the phone saying to me, I need to sing to you. Well, of course, you know, that's my line. And he sang to me, and he sang to me, and he began to tell me how much he loved me, and how much he appreciate me. And I said, now what are you doing now? He's in church, and when he said, uh, I said, what church? He said, at Paul Butler's, I said, great, you're getting the word of God. I said, because the thing about it, there's a lot of ministers who was on the narrow way with the light of God in them, who have gone into darkness and they're preaching another gospel. And I really don't want people to get hooked up on ministers, get hooked up on the word of God, the truth of God, because some ministers have gone totally in the darkness. And so I pray that, that yes, you respect the ministers because they are God's servants to teach you or to preach to you or to care for you. But please don't just sit in church and hear what the ministers say. Go home and pick up the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for you. Study it. Get this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Have this relationship with Jesus and God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I was just excited that here is a young man um, who is settled in, 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 in the ministry. And God has anointed his voice when he sings the song, God plays an anointing and, and people are weeping. So, like I said, the young people are not lost. We just have to pour our love into them and not condemn them. They will come back. 
because they know, they know truth, they will come back. So here my word to the people of God this morning, the Holy Spirit is giving you this teaching. Matthew chapter 5, verse 33 to 37 says, it's talking about oats. Again, ye have heard that it had been said by them of old time, thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oats. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. Well, of course, you know, nowadays they have dye, <laughs> so take it, take it, use the dye and make it black, white, brown or whatever. But neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. And I'm going to also read, read um, that verse again. But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So verse, verse 33, here, that's Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. Here, Jesus was emphasizing the importance of telling the truth. People were breaking promises and using sacred language casually and carelessly. Keeping oaths and promises is important. It builds trust and makes committed human relationships possible. The Bible condemns making vows or taking oaths casually. Giving your word while knowing that you won't keep it. Or swearing falsely in God's name. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus Chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7 declares, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Oats are needed in certain situations only because we live in a sinful society that breeds distrust. Oaths or vows were common, but Jesus told his followers not to use them. Their word alone should be enough. James 5 and 12 says, James 5 and 12 
James 5 and 12, and 12 says, But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. Are you known as a person of your word? Truthfulness seems so rare that we feel we must end our statements with, I promise. I remember someone used to say, a promise is a comfort to a fool. If we tell the truth all the time, we will have less pressure to back up our words with an oath or promise. Verse 38, Matthew 5, verse 38. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 38 says, No, I'll go back to this. Matthew 5, verse 37. Because I'm led to say something else. We're talking about breaking your promises. And I'll find, which is dropped in my spirit just now, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 talks about rash promises. It says, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 1 to verse 7. Keep thy foot when thou goest to the house of God, and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they consider not that they do evil. Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by multitude of words. When thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he hath no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou hast vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow, than that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin, neither say thou before the angel that it was an error. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice? and destroy the work of thine hands. For in the multitude of dreams and many words, there are also diverse vanities, but fear thou God. So going back to yesterday that I was talking about um, how some people got married and it was the devil. And even though one would find themselves in that state and divorced, doesn't mean that you can't repent and God forgive you. Oh yes, he's open to repentance. And not only to repentance, but he's open to restoration. He will restore you as I sang the song yesterday, make me whole. So he has made me completely whole to love again. You have to be whole to love again. And you wait on God to enter into marriage again. And you wait to hear the voice of God and not going and make a vow 
without you knowing that you knowing that it was the voice of God. And so we're going to go into into retaliation. Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 to 42 declares, Ye have heard that it had been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. God's purpose behind this law was an expression of mercy. The law was given to judges and said, in effect, make the punishment fit the crime. It was not a guide for personal revenge. These laws were given to limit vengeance and help the court administer punishment that was neither too strict nor too lenient. Some people, however, were using this phrase to justify their vendettas against others. It's happening today. People still try to excuse their acts of revenge by saying, I was just doing to him what he did to me. But that's not the Bible. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Love your enemies. Do not take revenge. When we are wronged, often our first reaction is to get even. Instead, Jesus said we should do good to those who wrong us. And sometimes you hear Christians say, child, I'm turning down my Bible because what he did to me. I said, turn down your Bible. I said, that's wicked, that's evil, that's witchcraft. The Bible say, Jesus say, love your enemies. Our desire should not be to keep score, but to love and forgive. This is not natural. It is supernatural. Only God can give us the strength to love as he does. Instead of planning, planning vengeance, pray for those who hurt you. Now, let me say this right here. There were things that happened in my life. And when I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and the love in me, in my head, I would say if I could find five men with baseball bats, I would let them go and beat the person up. But guess what? When you have the love of Jesus inside of you, the real love now, not a fake love, the real love, all you could do is return love. So let us pray that we get to that place in him. To love as he loves.
Instead of planning vengeance, pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those who hurt you. To many Jews of Jesus' day, these statements were offensive. Any Messiah who would turn the other cheek was not the military leader they wanted to lead a revolt against Rome. Since they were under Roman oppression, they wanted retaliation against their enemies, whom they hated. But Jesus suggested a new, radical response to injustice. Instead of demanding rights, give them up freely. According to Jesus, it is more important to give justice and mercy than to receive it. You know, my prayer is, now and then I would look on the TV and I would see the House of Assembly. My prayer is that even though there's opposition, that all of them would come together in love, true love. And my prayer is that they would all be saved with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's something that is happening in this Bahamas and throughout the world with this sickness that is causing people to unite and to love and to care like they never did before. God always have a plan. So even in this, God is speaking. Because you're not an island, you need one another. So now we're gonna speak in Matthew chapter five, was 43 to 48, says, talks about enemies. Ye have heard that it had been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and send it rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So, we are to love our enemies. By telling us not to retaliate, Jesus keeps us from taking the law into our own hands. A lot of people do that. They take that law. They, you do this to me and I'm going to fine you. Lord, help us not to think like that. By loving and praying for our enemies, we can overcome evil with good. 
The Pharisees interpreted Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. I'll go to that. Leviticus 19 verse 18. Leviticus 19 verse 18 says, Thou shalt not avenge, nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. As the Pharisees interpreted this scripture as teaching that they should love only those who love in return. Psalm 140 verse 9 to 11 says, Psalm 140 Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul. Psalm 140, verse 9 to 11 says, As for the head of those that compass, com compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits, that they rise not up again. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Evil shall hurt the violent man to overthrow him. Now see, the Pharisees interpreted Leviticus, as I finished um, saying just now, teaching, that they should love only those who love in return. And the psalm that I read, they figure that mean that they should hate their enemies. But Jesus says we are to love our enemies. If you love your enemies and treat them well, you will truly show that Jesus is Lord of your life. This is possible only for those who give themselves fully to God because only he can deliver people from natural selfishness. We must trust the Holy Spirit to help us show love to those for whom we may not love. I remember that there was this particular person, the first time I met her, I could see the hatred in her, but I realized that she had been through so much and she didn't know what love was. So she hated me and she hated me for years. But all I poured on her was love. So one day I went in the food store and it so happened that she was in the food store and I didn't even know. And she came, Miss Evans, Miss Evans. And she poured out how she hated me all those years and I didn't do her anything and how all I did was pour out love to her. And, you know, I realized in me praying for her, this person had gotten a deliverance. Let us love. Let's ask the Holy Spirit. We must trust the Holy Spirit to help us show love to those for whom we may not feel love. Love. How can we be perfect? We could be perfect in character. In this life, we cannot be flawless but we can aspire to be as much like Christ as possible in holiness. Like the Pharisees, 
we are to separate ourselves from the world's sinful values. But unlike the Pharisees, we are to be devoted to God's desires rather than our own and carry his love and mercy into the world. How can we, we, we be perfect in maturity? We can achieve Christ-like character and holy living all at once, but we must grow toward maturity and wholeness. Just as we expect different behavior from a baby, a child, a teenager, and an adult, so God expects different behavior from us, depending on our stage of spiritual development. How could we be perfect in love? Well, we can seek to love others as completely as God loves us. We can be perfect if our behavior is appropriate for our maturity level. Perfect, yet with much room to grow. Our tendency to sin must never deter us from striving to be more like Christ. Christ calls all of his disciples to excel, to rise above mediocrity, and to mature in every area, becoming like him. Those who strive to become perfect will one day be perfect, even as Christ is perfect. 1 John 3, 2-3. First John two. First John chapter three, verse two to three says, "Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope." in him purified himself even as he is pure and we're going to go to matthew chapter six and we're going to talk about almsgiving the proper man of almsgiving Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 to 4 says, Take heed that ye do not your arms before men, to be seen of them. Otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but when thou doest arms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine arms may be in secret, and thy father which see it in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Now I'm going to touch on something. There are times when you have these ministries, and now is time to give the offering. Or they are, they are taking in seed for certain things church repair or whatever and they have someone who will go designed to take up the offering because they know within themselves this particular one know how to wheel and deal 
So this person will get up there and said, okay, it's offering time. Get your offering ready. And they will stand up there with $100. I'm starting it off at $100. I need somebody to match this. No lower than this. And they will wave this $100. That's evil. That's wicked. It should not be in the house of God. It shouldn't be there. And they would wave that. And that time there are people in the church who don't even have $5 or even a dollar. Some of them had to catch a ride to get to church or walk to get to church. But no, they'll wave that $100. Come, who's going to match this? And you see them marching up with their $100 in the hand, waving it and going and putting it, either putting it in a bag, putting it in a plate, or throwing it on the altar. That's a bunch of gambling. And I'm going to say it because God does not like it. And the poor suffering people, some of them in the audience, don't know where to get another nickel to buy the milk for their babies or to pay their rent. But no, you have in this time, God, that's why God have to clean, God have to clean the place. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Teach us, Lord. Teach us, Lord. That is not right giving. And there are times they will, you, you have the person say, I'm standing here, or the prophet's standing, I'm going to stand right here, throw it at the prophet's feet. Idol, worshiping. Don't do it. It's wrong. It's wicked. It's evil. It's witchcraft. Or they'll say, okay, I'm going to stand here, and you put it in my hand, and you're going to be blessed. And I'm going to pray for your blessing. Wicked, evil, evil. God is going to clean the churches. It's wrong. Teach us, Lord, the truth. So Matthew chapter 6, the proper manner of almsgiving. Hmm. Help us, Jesus. The term hypocrites, as used here, describes people who do good acts for appearances only, not out of compassion or other good motives. Their actions may be good, but their motives are hollow. See, Ananias and Sapphira, evil. And at the end, what happened? They lied to the Holy Ghost. And guess what? They both died. Listen. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Listen. What happened in the book of Acts with Ananias and Sapphira? You think that spirit died? No, the spirit, they died. <laughs> okay. But there are Ananias and Sapphira still living here with that spirit. In this dispensation, with the supernatural anointing of the Holy Ghost, you're going to watch people drop down dead right in church, lying or drop down die, die elsewhere, lying to the Holy Ghost.
These empty acts are their only reward, but God will reward those who are sincere in their faith. I remember there was a big conference a couple of years ago, I'm not calling the prophet his name, and I was invited. I didn't know that I was going to be invited because I had no car and all of that. Somebody came here and said, oh, there's a big conference, and I, I just learned that you should go. That time I just had my experience of just coming out of the mental institution. And I was like, okay, God, daughter Simon, now you send me the conference? Okay. The woman came in and said, come put on some clothes. I'm taking you to my store. She took me to her store, gave me a beautiful dress, shoe and bag, and took me to the conference. Place packed with people. And the prophet is up there saying, God said, bring $1,000, bring $500. And she went down the list. She never went down to $100. And I'm in the audience and I'm like, I don't even have a dollar. I said, but God, she say, God say this. I said, but I don't even have a dollar. I said that in my heart. I don't know where this woman, I don't know. This person come from way yonder came to me and say, here, God said to give you that and pushed $10 in my hand. I went up there with my $10 and put it in. Okay. Because number one, fair says you got to put something in okay and i left there and the holy spirit says see all these people in here they don't even have it but she has already put the fear in them so the fear in them feel that i have to have it and then she turned around and say if you don't have it use your bank card or go tomorrow and borrow it and bring it Oh man, and so someone gave me a ride the next day and the Holy Spirit began to open up the spirit and this prophetess. Okay? A spirit of Jezebel and control. Okay? So now, I look today and I was like, oh my gosh. And she's still doing it. And now God has exposed her. The love of money is the root of all evil. Blessed Lord, when Jesus says not to let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, he is teaching that our motives for giving to God and to others must be pure. It is easy to give in mixed motives, to do something for someone if it will benefit us in return. Now, she certainly was on the dark side. I just heard a couple of days ago, there is a prophet in, in Orlando who just killed his wife. He went on the dark side. Read your Bible. Do not get hooked up with these men who have turned over to the dark side, wrote these books, and now you reading it? Next thing you know, your mind will be messed up. I'm encouraging you to read the real Bible. Okay? But believers should avoid all scheming. There's so much scheming. They have a way of saying, if you put this, you can get this. If you sow this for the salvation of children, salvation is free. We are to pray for our loved ones to come to Jesus. 
help us, Jesus. But believers should avoid all scheming and give for the pleasure of giving and as a response to God's love. Question is, why do you give? Why do we give? We should give because God gave us his son. The love is teaching us to reciprocate, to give to, to give. Without looking for nothing in return, give because of love. It's easy to do what's right when we gain recognition and praise. To be sure our motives are not selfish. We should do our good deeds quietly or in secret with no thought of reward. Jesus says we should check our motives in three areas. Generosity, prayer, fasting, Those acts should not be self-centered, but God-centered. It should be done not to make us look good, but to make God look good. The reward God promises is not material, and it is never given to those who seek it. Doing something only for ourselves is not a loving sacrifice. With your next good deed, ask, would I still do this if no one would ever know I did it? Can I repeat that? With your next good deed, ask, would I still do this if no one would ever know I did it? When you do it in secret, he will reward you openly. So, Father... We just thank you for your word today. May it take root in our hearts. Help us to apply it to our daily living. Help us to love like Jesus loved. And Lord, I ask you to give us more grace, more mercy, more love. Cover us, guard our hearts, help us not to, don't trade it for pleasures, don't trade it for money. We bless you. Keep us covered in the name of Jesus. Guard your heart, guard your heart. Don't trade it for treasures. Don't trade it for pleasures. Don't trade it for money. Don't give it away. Guard your heart with the love of God. And may the peace of God that passeth all understanding guard your heart and mind this day and forevermore. I love you. God bless you today. Have a blessed day.